It's time for the school holidays and we're going to talk all about it on The Cinema Crew with Village Cinemas. John Cena and family fun in Playing With Fire. There's no way we can get you back to your parents. I'm legally bound to take care of you, so that's what I'm going to do. And in turn, you're going to be obedient so we can do our job. No shenanigans under my watch. What's happened this second is you got to watch your tone, little sister. For what? Masher is coming to rock your world. What just happened? A Christmas tale full of screams and black Christmas. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell, ring. Can you take a photo of all of us? Of course. Where's Helena? Now the she was pining back of sodas earlier, but she looked really good. She's jingle bell, jingle bell, rock. We shouldn't have let her go back by herself. She's fine. Come on, Get ready to play along with Playmobil the movie. Rex Dasher at your service. Rex Dasher, for your next mission, we're partnering you with two civilians, Dell and Marla. Yeah. <laughs> After me. This was just garbage. Come on, Del. A top secret organization has caused citizens from different lands to vanish into thin air. I need you two to help rescue them. There's no chance of danger or anything, right? And a movie all about a royal dog in the Queen's Corgi. In 2019, you're cordially invited to meet the biggest rascal of the royal family. Meet Rex. He's cheeky. Super cute. And mischievous. That's this week on The Cinema Crew. Hello and welcome to The Cinema Crew, the podcast that talks new movies every week. My name is Michael Campbell, but you can call me Cambo. And joining me as always is Vary McIntyre. Hello. And Dan Miranda. Hey. Now, your chance to win a gold class double pass coming up just a little later on. But first. Come together, No shenanigans under my watch. We firemen can't turn my neck. I get distracted. I can't do this job effectively. Don't you remember what it's like to be a kid? No! There seems to be an odd rite of passage for action stars in Hollywood. At some point, you need to do a family comedy where you take care of some kids. You don't believe me? Well, Arnie was the kindergarten cop, The Rock was the tooth fairy, and Vin Diesel was the pacifier. Well, next in line is John Cena with the new family comedy Playing With Fire. Is this charming or just miscast? This is exactly what you expect it to be. Um, If you're going off those other films that you mentioned, you'll definitely know what sort of film this is. This is a film that came out in the early 2000s and has a bunch of slapstick comedy in it. Uh And we've got an over-the-top muscular action hero type played obviously by John Cena in this film. He is of wrestling fame and 
in the trajectory of The Rock is going down this path of covering all his bases. He wants to appeal to kids, appeal to the adults with these action films he's made. And yeah, I don't know whether or not this is the film for everyone. So the, the premise of this film is they're all firefighters or as they call themselves smoke jumpers and they come across a cabin and rescue three children in their helicopter and take them back to their woodlands base and because of the weather they can't actually return them to the the town or their home and so that's where all the mayhem ensues along with his colleagues. Yeah, John Cena has his shirt off a lot for a kids movie. <laughs> um, Way too much. And I think that would probably be for the mums yes, to be watching. Obviously. Um, <laughs> But I don't know if that's something contractual because it was three or four times. Oh, <laughs> at least. Is John Cena, is he sexy? Because he looks about 50 and he kind of looks like a sack of potatoes as well. He like, <gasps> like his face is so, so square that it's like, I don't know, he's, it's, it's kind of bulbous at a he's point. like too handsome. It's like chiseled out of marble. Yeah, maybe. Mm, his veins are find. popping the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hang on, I've just got to film this scene. Yeah, yeah, I'm just lifting some weights before. No, it's just a one-on-one. No, you've got to lift the weights. It does seem like they they release this film every few years. Mm. Uh, and it, it, it must be at this point, like when you're on Microsoft Word and you used to get that little clippy pop-up and say it looks like you're trying to do a resume or something. It's like, looks like you're trying to write one of these action star family comedies. Who's the action star? And you type in John mm. Cena this time. What's the premise? A uh, firefighters in this one. All right. Here's the script. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually there, there isn't a lot of firefighting in this film, but I think that's because they try to set up quite early that they're smoke jumpers, which mm. apparently is different. Yes. Yeah, so mm. especially out where they are very wooded, there's very specialty people who can go into remote areas and they basically jump out of helicopters and rescue people and stuff like that. So they're not just regular firefighters. Like these people are actual like superheroes. Yeah, special. And I have actually seen videos of these like up in like far north Canada where it's miles and miles and miles before any road and they'll just jump out of helicopters and like fight fires there or rescue people. And what I really liked at the beginning of the film was that they focused on that more and then it's kind of the opening scene introducing the characters and what they're about. And it was really good to establish like how good they were and how many like people they were rescuing and stuff. And then it sort of like veers off and goes, and then there were kids <laughs> and changes into a completely different movie. And yeah, it's, it's not about their jobs at all. And then there's a romantic interest for John Cena as well. Um, who's played by Judy Greer. He's a great actress. And it seems to be more about John Cena's character's development and his relationships with his colleagues and this love interest and, him trying to get this promotion at work than the kids for a kid's movie. Like there's the three children that he rescues and we don't know much about them. They don't have much development time. We don't get to know about them as much. I would have liked a bit more of that. Can I say, speaking on Judy Greer, my favourite thing about Judy Greer, because we sometimes we talk about like a, a, that guy kind of actor where you, mm. you know him but you're not quite yeah. sure. And Judy Greer is very much that that type. She has an autobiography and it's actually titled, I don't know where you know me from <laughs> because her whole life, everyone's like, yo, yeah, I've seen what, what yeah. is it that I've seen you in? But I think she's great. And I know that we have people like Keegan Michael Keys in this as yeah. well. So we've talked a little bit about John Cena, but how are the rest of the smoke jumpers of the cast? Yeah. Well, talking of Keegan, he is definitely the he's comedic the, relief. He's the relief of the film in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, his uh, comedic timing is probably the, the thing that Keeps you interested, in yeah. my opinion. I feel like he was in a different movie. He was yeah. like in some sort of like melodrama. He was <laughs> overacting, but in a good way. Yeah. And everybody else was very serious and there was sort of like offbeat 
humor, but he was very obvious with his humor and his like even his facial expressions and his body characterization. And it was, yeah, I think that was what the kids were most laughing at as well. And there's one actor who actually doesn't say a word. He's like <laughs> the tall guy. He's he's known as Axe. And this is a Nickelodeon film, so you can expect a bit of cross-promotion. And so quite a, a number of uh, times throughout the film, the Hasbro brand My Little Pony is mentioned. <laughs> yes. And to an extent where there's a scene where they're all sitting down in the firehouse watching it and talking about all the characters. And, <laughs> and so, you know, the youngest of the children is probably three or four. She has a birthday because she loves My Little Pony. That's the only thing that this character Axe actually says in the whole film and he actually sings an operatic version of the theme song. <laughs> but his voice is provided by uh, Paul Potts. Do you, do you know that singer? No. No, who's Paul Potts? James Corden played him in the movie you One know what? Chance. I've seen One Chance. I yeah, didn't know Paul Potts. That classic film. Yeah, I'd, I'd already <laughs> forgotten it. So it sounds like Playing With Fire maybe goes a little younger than kind of our demographic. Mm. But who do you think should see this film? Yeah, like I mentioned before, if you're a fan of those slapstick humour films from like the early 2000s and don't mind a fair share of poop jokes, you're going to have a good time with Playing With Fire. Mm, yes, very young kids. And if they like something very silly with the toilet humour and there's a bit of action in it as yeah. well. But then also the mums are going to enjoy John Cena's um, top half. <laughs> and if this one doesn't appeal to you, wait a few weeks because you've got Dave Bautista in My Spy coming. So there's Ooh. another one of these films coming. <laughs> Helena hasn't gotten home yet. If I were missing, I'd want you to unleash the bloodhounds and track me down. She was at DKO last night. Still creating problems, huh, right? Hello? And now a little something for the older folks in the audience. Believe it or not, the new low-budget Blumhouse horror flick Black Christmas is actually the second remake of the film of the same name. Do you think this mix of Christmas and horror will work the third time? Yeah, hopefully. This one looks like it's got more of a modern update than its predecessors. It was first made in 1974 and it was basically just one of those classic slashes. It's a grindhouse essentially. It's, yeah. You won't believe horror. what's behind the door, <laughs> that kind of thing. And all the women are just hapless victims. Um, so the premise is that there's this um, murderer basically and he's after all these women who live in a sorority house on a college campus. And for the original one and the 2006 version, it was just a happenstance sort of thing where there's just a murderer on the loose and he's after victims. And in this remake, it's more based on, around the college campus idea of the Me Too movement, the more modern version of themes about assaults on campus. So the women take more of the reins in this one. And they fight back and they actually, they uncover that there's this conspiracy link to the the college between the fraternities and the sorority houses and everything. It's so weird that they've remade this twice now because a murderer in a sorority house isn't exactly like a super unique thing as well that you have to, I guess the unique bit is that it's set at Christmas, which yeah. again is its yeah. own kind of weird kind of horror subgenre. There's movies like Silent Night, Deadly Night from the 80s and stuff like that. But Blumhouse seemed to be like the studio at the moment making these kind of throwback mm. slasher films. And it even is similar-ish to movies like uh, Happy Death Day and whatnot where they're kind of mm. aware that they're a little bit cheesy and they're a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but they also they're going after that kind of nostalgic slasher film but 
with like a more modern lens. Yeah, and the production team on this is fairly new. I don't think they've had much credit doing any any other films or just shorts and things. Um, I know the writer-director Sophia Takal doesn't have much on the IMBD list, mm-hmm. so she's fairly new to it. And um, the actors we've got are pretty – like. One of those ones where you might recognise the face but you don't actually know where you know him from. Probably Judy Greer. One of those. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know Imogen Poots, who's yes. one of the main characters from 20 Weeks Later, A Long Way Down, and also Kerry Yules is in it, the actual Robin Hood from Robin Hood Men in Tights. Oh, really? <laughs> he plays, and he's from Princess Bride. Yeah, he plays one of the college professors, so he's in it for a bit Yeah, as well. that, again, it's it's kind of the Blumhouse way to take unknowns and mm. untested directors and stuff like that, give them just enough money, and I mean just enough money <laughs> to make the film with yeah. uh, no flair or anything like that. And then people that, that do that, like uh, James Wan as an example, go on to direct mm. Aquaman. And mm. so it's it's really interesting to see you really pick up on like who the, the talents are watching these little films. And then nine times out of ten, about four or five years later, you're like, oh, my God, that's the person that directed Black Christmas. Yeah. So who do you think should see Black Christmas? Well, this one comes out just in time for Friday the 13th. Ooh. So if you want to get a bit spooked. The good one in the mix of all the kids' movies that are out at the moment if you want something different. Yeah, if you like horror and particularly horror set in a campus, Scream 2, as you said, Happy Death Day and its sequel, Blumhouse Productions, come see this. And also if you love a Christmas film, see this movie. <laughs> <laughs> also still in cinemas, The Adams Family. Da, 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 da. And The Good Liar. Helen Mirren and Ian McKellen in this thriller. Yes, you can hear about both of those movies and, in fact, everything that's in cinemas right now in our back catalogue that you can access from whichever podcast app you'd like. That was terrifying, but also kind of exhilarating. Time to go save the world. Wait, Rex! I know, you love me. Jump in the house and jump in the hole. I was just going to say you forgot your sunglasses. <laughs> I dare say that the Playmobil movie would not exist had the Lego movie not come out a few years ago and taken the box office by storm. But like the toy itself, is this just a cheap substitute for something better and more popular? I wholeheartedly agree with that (laughs) statement, uh, Cambo. Um, Yes, I think this is definitely a play on the whole Lego movement or the Lego movie movement. This is children's toys similar to Lego but aimed at very young Probably toddlers, I would, I would assume, yeah. and so yeah, like Duplo. Yeah, Duplo. That's that's the comparison with Lego brand, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Duplo yeah. is the Lego version, and I guess there's Playmobil yeah. is Playmobil. the uh, the Pepsi to their Coke. So, so in, <laughs> in this film, we have Marla and her younger brother Charlie, and they're struggling with the the family trauma of their parents' death, and somehow they're sucked into the the Playmobil world and are separated from each other and. From that moment, they're trying to find one another and we focus on Marla and her pursuit to try and find her brother and obviously going through all the different worlds of Playmobil. As is the tradition with animated kids' movies, they get famous people to voice the characters. And this one isn't such a big cast as, say, like... (laughs) Um, it's more formally famous big people. And stuff like that. Um, well, no, we've got... Um, Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah, we've got Daniel Radcliffe. Mm. He's still sort of famous. Sure. Um, 
Megan Trainer's in it, Adam Lambert, um, and the main character is voiced by Anya Taylor Joy. Oh, really? From yes. Split. And I love Glass. Anya Taylor Joy. That, yeah. that makes me kind of sad. <laughs> so, <laughs> and Gabriel Bateman as well as the little brother who played the main kid in Child's Play. Oh, right. Oh. So hmm. I, I think the the one drawback that Playmobil doesn't have that the Lego Movie did have is Lego Movie licenses so many different yes. intellectual properties and franchises, and then they have the permission to have. Batman and Superman or Gandalf or but Playmobil, you, it is very evident in this movie that uh, Daniel Radcliffe is a James Bond type. You know? mm. <laughs> it's, it, they, they're trying to do that, but they don't have like the copyright sign-offs to be able to fully do it. That being said, this film is for a very young child. Yeah, I don't think they'll, well, exactly. they won't care. So I, I think that for a young kid, they won't know the difference between the Lego movie and the Playmobil movie. But I don't uh, think that matters to even adult audiences, like unless you really like being meta and mm. references to pop culture and things like this, that's been done. Yeah. Deadpool does it a lot, those sorts of things. So this is actually something refreshing where it doesn't have to be meta and reference pop culture. But the thing is I think it's still trying to, even though it can't really. By sort uh, of referencing James Bond, for instance. Which yeah, is not yeah, really yeah. Bad. yeah. But okay. You're right. It doesn't live or die by being able to say that's James Bond necessarily. Mm. But it's 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 kind of like you can see what they're going for and they are so, let's say, blatantly going for the <laughs> Lego movie uh, formula, including live action <laughs> segments with real human beings and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but I think for anyone that this film is actually aimed for, there's going to be years and years between Lego movies and this is the kind of stuff that will kind of fill that gap. Mm. And this has got a few songs in it. Yeah, it's a musical. So, yeah, I don't know if it can be classed as a full musical because it's not like a musical number every no. scene, but, yeah, there are a few musical bits in there. It's got a soundtrack with so, is Anya singing. So who do you think should see this movie? So obviously this is intended for children, uh, perhaps, as I mentioned before, toddler age. It's obviously a clear comparison to the Lego movie, but as you mentioned, it lacks the edge of that film because it, it doesn't have the licenses for many of the properties. I would I would suggest that this is for five years and under. I don't think any of that matters. I don't think it needs a comparison to Lego Movie. It reminds me of Ugly Dolls, one of those sorts of films. So something completely different for the much younger kids, something bright and colourful. Next year. One royal dog will steal the hearts of the nation. The Queen's Corgi seems like some kind of posh British version of the secret life of pets based around one of the famous Queen's four-legged friends and starring, quite frankly, a surprising amount of really great British comedy talent. Vari, what the hell is this movie? Oh, it's the classic kids movie about a dog that gets caught up in a dog fighting ring (laughs) and uh, has to find his way home. Yeah, this, this movie... In a in a vague word, is inexplicable. <laughs> yeah, there are there are so many facets to this. Um, first for me, I guess, being it's a Belgian production, mm. 
Um, maybe Belgians have a different sense of humour um, <laughs> and maybe don't understand British culture so much because we haven't seen this one so we can't comment uh, personally but the things we've read online about it um, are that it's on one side it's a very young kids movie because it's got a lot of slapstick humour kind of like playing with fire very inappropriate humour there seems to be this real market in the last few years for th- these kind of films that are all done in like European animation houses and they're done really, really cheap. There's one called Elliot the Reindeer last year and whatnot as well. But because there's in 2019 in this kind of era, there's such a want for new content all the time and all the time that they're getting like these bigger releases than they ever used to. This is the kind of thing that used to go direct to video. But now Mm. animation is, is at a point now where you can do it better for cheaper and then you can spend more money on stars. Like this mm. has Jack Whitehall, who's quite a quite a good English comedian. It's got Ray Winston, who's like a famous character actor. It's got uh, Matt Lucas from Little Britain. Like it's got talent behind it. Julie Walters is the queen. Julie Walters is the queen. But it's kind of like an import that they've patched together into a film. But it's purely just for, it's designed for school holidays because you need to kind of get out of the house and you need to take your kids to something and maybe they're not old enough for playing with fire or something like that. So that's exactly what this is meant to cater for. Even if the the content of the film doesn't interest me too much, Donald Trump does make an appearance and it would be quite funny to see him get paid out. Hilarious. With Melania, they they I think they visit Buckingham Palace. Yeah. yeah. And he has a dog. That's yep. I mean. it's, it's such an odd mix where, I mean, I guess that joke's intended for the parents, uh, but this is a film that aims so young. It's like they're not going to understand no. Don, Donald Trump and that he's tweeting when he's at the palace. Yeah, hopefully they're too young to understand some of these concepts that might offend parents because Donald Trump is quoted as saying something like, go grab some puppy. Yeah. <laughs> grab them so, by um, the puppy. Mm. Yeah. And, well, um, mm. this, this might be a complicated question. Yes. But who do you think should see this film? Yeah, this film is for fans of animal adventures for kids. There are a lot of potentially inappropriate moments throughout the film. So we've recommend go in with a bit of caution. But I think, yeah, younger kids are definitely who this is aimed for. Yeah, I think parents might want to look into the film a bit more and decide whether they want to take their kids to it or not. Younger, like really young kids, the jokes might go over their head. Mm. But yeah, like they'll love that a puppy is the main character. And in fact, if you do want something to help you out with that, IMDb down the very bottom has something called the parental guide, which you can kind of look into and see whether there's anything that you might disagree with, like dogfighting, in the film. Now, for your chance to win a gold class double puff, simply head to the Village Cinema's Facebook or Instagram page, look for the Cinema Crew post and answer the question. What action hero would you like to see in a kid's movie? Ooh, Jason Statham. Oh, yeah, that'd be funny. (laughs) Yeah, simply leave your answer with the hashtag the cinema crew for your chance to win. Next week, The Rise of Skywalker is upon us, so we have a very special Star Wars episode for you. We're going to get you ready to see that film. But until next time, thank you, Vari. Thanks. Thank you, Dan. Thank you. My name is Cambo, and this is The Cinema Crew, Village Cinemas.